0: listening to gone mobile your input and output for all things.net
1: maui and mobile
0: welcome back to another gone mobile hey alan i heard recently that you were um well one you build apps i know i know that much i think right you still do build build apps sometimes every once in a I while do. yeah it's just occasionally Right, so I, I heard that you also recently
1: built a, some things in Disney. Oh yeah, I just got back from Disney. I'm going back there with my kids in two weeks. But if you have the chance to go to Disney, I've been bugging John about this, you need to get one of these things built. Hopefully it hears that, but yeah, nothing like a lightsaber. So it's what, my big so, child toy.
0: What, 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 what did that look like? What's the anatomy of
1: building a lightsaber? what's that experience to to be fair they do a whole show around it it takes like the show's like a half an hour but there's actors you're in a building that feels like you're in friggin star wars it's epic i totally was losing my mind but to build a lightsaber so they do the whole show about how you put things together and you Mm -hmm. pick your crystal if you know anything about star wars Uh, but to build the thing you can actually do it in like 30 seconds but during the course of the show it takes a half an hour right and they do all this cool stuff. You pick little parts here and there because it's supposed to be like junk, right? Star Just Wars choosing
0: junk. from a pile of junk to make your your fancy, Basically. yeah,
1: fancy, fancy, very expensive lightsaber. But oh my god, dude, it's, you have to do it.
0: So the 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 thirty seconds to build a, a lightsaber, I, I figured that was kind of an equivalent to like what it takes to build an app, too, right? You you do those in, in about the same time.
1: Um, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. So t- today,
0: or... I thought we would, you know, in in the spirit of building things and talking about how things are put together, we would talk about
1: mobile apps. What oh, what goes into was... a mobile app? I swear to God, you've been planning that all week. That was an epic lead in. Good job. Good job. Just rolling right out of the a ton. Oh yeah, that was awesome. The anatomy of a mobile app, huh?
0: And and yeah, and and we I want you to tell us how to do it because. I think every time that, you know, I've shared with you parts of how my app are, is built, you're like that's
1: that's one way to do it. Well, you're you build stuff from scratch. That's what John does. I built oh, everything from scratch. And that's alright. That's how innovation happens usually, right? Or at least you learn how like, to do yeah. it wrong and then you learn how to do it right.
0: I mean, I I like to consider what I build as, you know, kind of that artisanal handcrafted you know, implementation of a, a navigation service or something,
1: right? Right. But, you know, as we go out there, there's other people that have done this. Not me. I don't do the navigation stuff. I don't do UI, period. But um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of apps or open source stuff out there that that handle this for you, right? There's there's but yeah. I think I think really we want to jump back here and say, Well, what's what's what is in an app? And then we can kind of go after this. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Right? Like, so, so going back far enough, how do you, when you sit down to start a new app, you know, not been built before, like, what is the first thing that you will do?
1: Well, obviously I have templates now, which we've covered recently. Yeah. But if we start from ground zero, right. um, The first thing I want to do, obviously, you know, if you're doing a product properly, now if we're building POCs, you and I are just, who cares? We don't need the, yeah. the layout. We know the page flow. But really, probably you get something from Figma that looks pretty, it smells pretty, it flows pretty. It's all great. But now you gotta take that and translate it into something, right? So So is that, that at like? that
0: point, like if you've got if you've got like a designer or somebody that's that's given you something, um you know, that that's already kind of then been in like wireframed for you. Is that you know like I, I guess yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah. is that an exercise that, that you usually participate in, too, uh, to try and, and kind of you know make it make sense but, uh, before you get to the, the point of saying, like, oh, that's not going to work?
1: Well, let's be fair. If if you've ever worked with a product designer, they have this thing in their head. So sometimes some of them go crazy. I love most of the product designers I work with. I love all of them. I'm supposed to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, some of them go a little bit crazy, and you got to go... You know we can do that, but do you really want to spend the time on doing that? So it's that there's absolutely a case to be made to say, okay, well, there's time and money in building that. Um, the page flow doesn't quite make sense to me, and if it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm the guy building it, yeah. it's probably going to be challenging for the user, right? So yeah, you're absolutely right. So the designer would go away, build a page flow, build something that's beautiful, and then you get into the the, the talk about well you know, what does that look like? You know, this is going to take me a lot of time. Where can we cut some corners? Or, you know, if we do this, I if if you do this, it's going to take a lot of extra time. But if we do this instead, right, it's going to shave off a bunch of time. It's going to look pretty close, right? So a lot of designers, or at least ones that I've worked with that like to go wild, they don't use the navigation page, the navigation bar, which that sucks, right? Because you get so much out of that right out of the yeah. gate it makes your app look native right it doesn't matter like now he uses the navigation services in android ios and mm-hmm. all the other 10 million platforms flutter has it um react native obviously has it all all of the mobile architectures out there use a the nav bar and there's so many ways to customize that now you just got to keep the damn thing at the top right so the things yeah. like that is is you'll 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 learn to give and take Uh, For the page flow and design. But from there, you start thinking about, well, how am I going to wire this thing up? What's the code going to look like, right? Yeah. So some people, you know, if you come from Windows Forms or, I don't know, did WPF? I did WPF, but the view models were popular then. Yeah. So you you generally tend to plan, how am I going to glue the logic of my, my pages to the logic of my app? So with Maui, you know, the the popular one is obviously MVVM, so model, right. view, view model. Um, there's other cool ones like MVU, uh, which is Comet, and there's a couple of flavors out there, I think. Yeah, and, and that's deprecated. kind of
0: a popular, you know, model with other platforms too, right? Like, I think Flutter right. is a little bit more like that.
1: yeah. Um, and there's some great stuff out there from like the community maui community toolkit which you can't really have an episode without mentioning them right they have yeah. some great coding standards but even that plugs in with mvvm right so if you want to do code anyhow the, the point is is kind of gluing that together with your logic right so mvvm is great i i love that platform specifically or that that methodology specifically because it's very easy to unit test yeah and it kind of sits in between all your services like your your your, how you get data, how you i don't know request permissions, et cetera like it 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 really sits well between the glue, the sandwich it's the yeah, it's it's the it's melted cheese of, in the me- middle, yeah,
0: I like that better, I was gonna kind of call it you know the orchestration of of kind of things between it, but melty cheese is so much better,
1: yeah, it's well, I'm thinking about food right, so Ooh, it's a yeah. great one, yeah, melty cheese, so its it's the stuff that that gets it all nicely layered together and and puts it all together right so mvvm kind of sits there in the middle how you do those view models well that's debatable there's so many ways to accomplish it so yeah kind of sits outside of the anatomy of an app but there's really some great great things to help you work through mvvm there's even shell um Mm -hmm. right shell is there uh to help kind of glue some of that together. It's not quite enough if you're doing a lot of rich MVVM, but it's, you know, it covers kind of the next topic, which is like navigation. Right. right? Yeah. I
0: was going to say like, there's, there's not really, you know, there's an, it's, it's maybe poorly named from the forums days, right? There is like navigation, uh, is there navigation service? Is it even called that or navigation manager? I forget. Um, Like on, on the, the navigation page, right. There's, or maybe it's just navigation. Yeah. Navigate. Uh, Navigate. But, but yeah, you can, you can do your navigation from there. But as I kind of learned over the years and had gone that way and, and sort of the keep the app because I'm the single developer on it, keep it, you know, lean and just use what's in the box and don't try and, you know, separate out concerns too much and just like dive in and, and get coding. Uh, but yeah, eventually it's like well, but that doesn't really help you do what you just said was like keep some of the the logic and stuff separated and be able to to have it unit tested and and go that route. So yeah, in the box there's not really navigation except Shell's version, which you know maybe maybe you can speak more of of why there's some
1: shortcomings there from how you want to use it. But here's the thing, right? So out of the box, Maui now gives you DI anyways, so it's yeah. really good at helping enable kind of what we're talking about, getting the melty cheese together with the pieces of bread and any of the meat, Yeah, right? But when we talk about a navigation service, obviously, like you said, you have that navigation page. The goal is to never have that thing get back to your view model. Your, right. your view model is supposed to be pretty pretty lean. It's, it's not do supposed you, to know.
0: Do, do you usually like, do you set up your projects a certain way to sort of, in, you know, enforce or like cause that as a natural consequence of how it's set up? Like, do you use a separate project that's, you know, Net8 only, for example, or doesn't have Maui in it at all, so that you you can be sure to not
1: kind of leak across those boundaries. Um, I I try not to separate too much. So a lot of people tend to have the view models directory and a views directory. I like to put I like to have a feature area. So I'll say like orders, for example, and I'll have an order list page and I'll have an order list view model right beside each other. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't need to go outside of that box too much. Um now for unit testing, that's a whole other topic, right? I don't I don't necessarily want to bring my page, but I want to still right. test my unit unit test my view model. Which you that's, can multi-target you can your project to do, right? Exactly. And I do that quite successfully now, but at the same time I'm able to stay right beside my page, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're almost working in them in tandem. I always hate trying to find, okay, here's the view model. Yeah. Where the heck is the page? Yeah. Or vice now, versa. There's libraries where you kind of marry the two. So Prism is a big one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reactive UI likes to marry them, join them at the hip, which is great. But still, if you're coding these things, you got to go looking for them. And I, I don't know about you, but I've encountered times where the view model name doesn't really follow the convention of the page. So you're like, yeah, where, where <laughs> Wait, what, what, am I, what am I touching? What does this affect? Yeah. Right? So this is kind of one of those architectures. I like them just being right beside each other. This is what this guy works with.
0: I, I yeah, I I prefer that too. Uh unfortunately when I tried to re-architect my pool math app, you know, I couldn't land there simply because I was trying to make a a blazer front end that shared that view model layer as well. Okay. And and I you know, to your point of like it's nice when they're beside because everything's just easy to find. Like that is one of the frustrating things that I end up doing is like, oh, yeah, like all of that is in its own separate project because it's not easy to share kind of the, the things between two properties without putting them that way, I guess. Well, I mean, I, I could do like linking in and stuff and there's ways I I guess I could achieve it. It's just uh, I don't know. I, I don't like doing linking files and sharing them in multiple projects for some reason.
1: Yeah, and that's that's fair. Um, there's a lot of argument these days, too, that that MVVM could be too split apart. I first, I personally have had a ton of success with it. I love it. Sometimes I see its the shortcomings. And if, if you're out in the web world, so I do a lot of web work as well. Mm-hmm. I love React. I try not to go about the 10 million different flavors of React, but React is a pure kind of app, mm-hmm. right? The way they mix code and markup and all that stuff and their component architecture. I love it. It's fast, but it marries code and, and markup. Yeah. Right? So there's a lot of, I don't know, if we go back to the PHP, ASP, classic ASP days, yeah. the markup was mixed and we do, we had some success, right? Yeah. We build when, on the shoulders of giants.
0: And at the same time, you know, like there, there's always like the simple case of something like a, hey, I want to display, you know, a value from my my view model into my page but I want to do some formatting or something to it. Right. Like, yeah. You know, so then you, you get into a world, I feel like anyway where you start to make these decisions of like, well, can I do how far do I want to take it? Do I want to be, you know, the XAML, you know, handles Pierced. every aspect of it, right? <laughs> like the XAML has the, the two string kind of format string in the, in the binding or something like that. Or, you know, if that starts to get too complex to try and do what I'm trying to do, do I just like add another property to my view model that exposes things how I, I want it to format? I, I know it's not quite tying the two together, but like you start to kind of bleed that line at some point anyway.
1: Well, and and that's the thing, right? Like I'm not a big XAML purist. I hate converters because now you're breaking outside of it. They're there yeah. for good reason. I get it. But I will always tend to get as much into the view model, right? Yep. Now it shouldn't have a concept of styles, but you can bring constants in. You can bring I want as much logic and formatting stuff to exist in in the view model as much as possible because even something like, I mean, once you, sure, if you put out a date time, for example, Mm -hmm. right, you probably want to see that in local, but let's say we've got logic and this is one that I've dealt with recently, right? I want to see that time zone agnostic, right? Yeah. I'm not going to want that logic sitting in my view or in some sort of converter where I have to pass like 10,000 parameters, That's yeah. the, let the view model do that, right? Even the, so much as the formatting, because that might be some sort of funky string format or some sort of yeah. translated version. It's, it's a lot. Well, right? and, and if you're sharing
0: something like that, like even in, in my app example, if I'm sharing the, the timestamp, you know, between the Blazor version and the Maui app version, like I kind of want those generally to be the same in both places anyway. So if I'm, if I'm putting that logic in the view side of things, well, now I've just got to maintain that in two places instead of one. So there, I think there's a lot, a lot to be said about putting that some, you know, some of that in the the shared layer anyway, in the view model anyway. Yeah. Just to, to kind of have that consistency and maintenance and know where you're looking for bugs when someone says it's not showing up right and that kind
1: of stuff. Right. And, and, you could say that that putting that logic, I mean, again, going back to the React, yes, the way they've architected it, it's great. It kind of goes into the flow of your components. But view models, because we have that power of dependency injection mm-hmm. and testability and the 10 million kind of services that could come in. Now, I know a lot of purists out there are like, you don't need DI. You know, in small apps, you don't really. But here's the thing. When you start working in teams, there's so many times where I've got people that just They're like, I don't know how localization works. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Or I've had cases. I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've had cases where sure, RESX files are fine Mm -hmm. for a majority of your, your localization. But I've had ones that were dynamic based on the tenant that you logged in or like the company that you're logging into were there. Like, well, you're the way you do French sucks. Our French is better. (laughs) Use our French. Use our wording. Yeah. Right. I've had business cases for that where I've been like, Oh, that's going to be a fun one to change, right? Yeah. But your your general UI developers these days, because I, I don't know about you, I'm a full stack developer. I don't know when this toin- this this term got coined, but to yeah. me, it's just you got to dev that path. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But nowadays,
1: same. you get people that are like, I know XAML. Yeah. I know view model. I don't care how you get data. I don't care how you get localization. Just just do it. Just present it to me. Yeah. So there's there's lots of there's lots of cases for that, right? But he, but navigation, kind of getting back to that, is that that's one of those purest things where, where do I nav from? Do I do I send out a message to tell the page to do it? Mm-hmm. Do I? I don't know. There's, I, I can't yeah. even think of all the ways to do. it. Do I bring the navigation page back to the view model? Yeah. Well, no. But there's there's things like shell out there, which shell doesn't doesn't have an abstraction. I don't believe. Kind of, kind of not. It's not something that's injected, anyways.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Because it doesn't work with, it's not meant to work with your view. Well, it's not meant to be part of your view models out of the right. box. Yes. Yeah. But it gives you that, that sweet URI navigation. Mm-hmm. You can easily put an abstraction around it anyways. I think it's like two or three. Yeah. You know, go to async. And yep. I don't even think it has a go back. No, well, I think it's like use dot,
0: dot to go back. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you don't really need a lot about it. And if we talk about something like Prism, which I've already brought up, that's another popular one. Mm-hmm. They've got a good navigation service that works off a of URI, and you can do the same things there. Now, you had asked about what shell, what I feel shells' shortcomings are, and I've I, we've had this talk with Shane, a pure ween. I don't know what. Right? He he's what is his title there? He's, uh, well, the, he's, he's an engineer. If John doesn't know the, the answer, then. Then then he is he's also a, a principal software engineer on Team Maui. And and he does a lot of good things. So if John doesn't know the answer, then you talk to Shane. He just gives it to him.
0: And usually it's I if I gave you an answer, I'd probably ask Shane anyway.
1: So So it, him and I have had talks about it where it's 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 great. Like Shell does a lot of those things. What it doesn't do is we talk about as we go back to the view models, you still need lifecycle there, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people try and do the work in the constructor, but it's like, it's too early. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't do things in constructor. You don't, don't do logic in constructors. Right. So what's kind of some of the lifecycle you want? Well, when my page loads, I want to tell the view model, the page is ready. So I'm going to do, you know, kind of some of the stupid, easy stuff. We're not going to go advanced here, but I'm going to say, is busy true. You know, I'm going to load my data service, whatever that looks like. I'm going to say, get me data asynchronously, because I don't want to block my UI.
0: Which is another reason that this isn't great for
1: you know putting in the constructor. Yep. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to ask for data, whether it comes from HTTP, some mm-hmm. sort of SQLite, who knows, right? I don't know, I don't care. I'm not the implementer of the data service. So I go out, I ask for this data, I load it into my list, and then I say, is busy? False. If there's an error, maybe I display a pop-up to say, yeah, sorry, dude, we screwed up. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we also logged it at the same time too. And that logger is built into, say, App Center, mm-hmm. right? So all these services plugging in, right? As we talk about the anatomy, you need a logging, you need a pop-up, you need data service, and then you need to glue all those, those the, the list and the busy, yep. et cetera. Yeah, now, you know,
0: I got to say too- like I, I was originally fairly team, I don't want this DI service stuff in my app. Again, like, and, and I think that came from, historically for one reason, like that was never a fast thing to do in, in older Xamarin apps and stuff. Like we nobody ever optimized for that. And partially I think as the developers of these you know frameworks and stuff, without going and building your own apps enough, and like most people on my team, have done a decent amount of app building. I don't. I don't want to you know make it sound like nobody uses our our product, but it's not something that we obviously do day in and day out as our our main job. And so it's it's not always easy to to get yourself in the mindset of of somebody else and what's useful to them, right? So that was never super prioritized. I I will say in in talking in doing, oh, it's, I started converting my app from like. You know, I was doing two things at once. So my, my pool app was written in Xamarin Forms, and it was written when I was, don't care about DI. I don't want to do, you know, separate properly my view models. You know, my navigation from the page was passed into my view models, all that good, bad stuff. And as I was starting to, to re-architect it with the idea in mind of, okay, maybe I, I want to be able to target the web with a lot of this logic too and have a different UI for the web. And started talking to you a lot along the way, and and this has been an ongoing thing for like a couple of years now. Just because I never have enough time to sit down and actually do do all of the work, but it's close now. Um, you know, going through that process and and kind of having the uh, somewhat open mind, you know, not fully open because you know you said RX and I went and said nope. Uh, <laughs> but trying. having an open mind to some of the the service stuff is like. I started using it and started seeing the, you know, the, the value in some areas that it created, um, and, and to the point where it's like, yeah, now, um, doing the separate implementation for, you know, a bunch of services for web versus Maui apps has made that a really easy thing to do. Um, the great one the navigation for you is,
1: too, right. I remember you were doing, uh, the, the object database. What was it again? Uh, Light, uh DB.
0: Uh yeah is? I I was using Light D yeah I was using Light DB for quite a while um which was and was nice it's good it's yeah. a C sharp thing but it it um two two things with it like one doing the expression stuff that it uses to kind of create things dynamically uh it it works in Maui but it doesn't always play nicely with AOT and so yeah. I was having to do some tricks to say like, oh, and when, when the building the app for release mode, like don't AOT this particular library. And on iOS, that means use the interpreter, which is a little bit slower. And the thing isn't the super fastest to begin with anyway, because it's, you know, it's not native code. It's C sharp writing a whole database implementation. And so when the app starts, yeah, you can do some tricks to, to kind of defer doing some of the stuff or do it on a different thread. But at the end of the day, the main screen on my app needs to display data from that database. And so the the path to get there was a little bit slow,
1: but I think now, I know did, what
0: you're going to say about this.
1: Did you not have that light DB connection in all of your view models? Recently?
0: I, I, I did, but at the point, I mean, I did in the forms side of things. Oh no, I think I, I did abstract it then already, but okay. you know, moving it over to Maui, I, I created, you know, kind of a, a data layer service uh, interface yep. and then I filled that out. And so, you know, at that point, it didn't matter that it was like DB under the hood. And yeah, I think, you know, your your point maybe was going to be to the effect of, hey, swapping that out for SQLite wasn't so bad, right? Yes, that's it exactly. Which is
1: true, right? Which is true. Uh, and and, and I the even, other case the oh, other I have, case could be made there is, are you going online to get data too? Because that happens, Right. Right. Building offline is a hard thing. Yes. As a lot of people know, right? So yeah, again, as the consumer, I don't care if you're using SQLite or LightDB. I don't care if you're going out to the web. I just know I'm going to wait for you to give me data yeah. in the structure you're telling me it's going to come back for. Yeah. So sorry. Keep and, and Keep going. To, keep going. To,
0: yeah. To that point, no, I was going to say like one of the things that was kind of neat about that, I think it was maybe almost two years ago now or a year ago. We were we were flying to uh, another province to go do some family stuff, and you know I'm on the plane and I'm like, okay, I want to sit down and work on on my app a little bit. Uh, well, in Canada, we don't have every, maybe it's better now. If we flew a budget airline too, so I'm sure that didn't help. There was no Wi-Fi on the plane, and so I get I sit down and <laughs> I I open up my my laptop and I start to go debug my app uh, okay. Yeah, no, I can't really get too far because my data source, you know, part of that is syncing stuff offline and the instance I had didn't have like a sync from before. So it's like, okay, well, Hmm, if I want to actually do some work on this part of the app that I was intending on, I need a way to, to kind of stub out essentially like the, the data layer and do something smart. So I ended up like, just writing some JSON content that had like a few records for each type, or I serialized them out based on my models and then just wrote another layer that was like, just load this from JSON instead of from a database.
1: And then I could swap back and forth between them. Right. Exactly. And and that's, and that's good because now you're not going to change 10 million things. You're yep. Basically changing one point, your app continues to run. Now the challenge could be there is sometimes, and I know, kind of some of the purists again like Miguel Diacaza, the good Xamarin mm-hmm. creator. He's anti-DI as it gets. But really, again, for teams where you've got many touch points working on it, I still swear by it. I, I think I think the challenge though is that some people tend to overdo their abstractions. Right. And that that's a fine line to juggle. Like even think about what you could do with LightDB, right? Like you might want to include sub models, you might want to filter on them. But if you define a contract that says, look, it's async, you're going to get a list of things, chemicals, right? For your pool app. Yep. Right? I don't care how you get it. And and I know exactly what you're giving me. And if there's certain things that could be nullable, I mean, that's awesome. Now you can mark them as this could be null. Yeah. You probably want to be careful, right? Like all of those things come back from the contract. You know what you're getting. Right, so your data service doesn't have to be all this massive queryable, super right. extraction. Because good luck writing an, ex- uh, 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 yeah, like a JSON a plugin a, around, a, yeah, around I queryable. Yeah, it, it, it's not going to happen.
0: No, and I, like I think that raises a good point, and and I, that makes me kind of think the way I would say that I moved from being kind of the don't care about any of this stuff, like just write the thing that I need to, that, to make things work. Right. I think that the school of thought always was a little bit, let's not spend time trying to over abstract things. Like I think right? that was the, always the, the logic of Hey, I don't want to use this because I don't really want to get buried in the details of, Oh, I've got all these interfaces and you know, I, I would have to, it's just over complicating things. So Applying but, that to to what you know where I went with like the data layer was exactly what you're saying. Like I kind of took the approach of I'm just gonna like I need to return this data for this thing. I'm gonna make a method very specific to doing that in the interface. And over time, I would say like that data service interface has grown a bit, but it's certainly still manageable and, and it's very kind of purpose built and driven, right? Instead right. of trying to make it all this yeah, like you said, like this generic like well what if we use like a queryable thing and I can link over stuff from wherever I need it? Like, no, just, just do the thing you need, but
1: like, there's a balance. Exactly. And think about like, there's a, there's a lot of things that come from this too, like cross platform and where your database is stored, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's so many ways that DI can help there, but keeping it simple. Now when you're your own architect, like you're essentially for your pool, pool math, you're the architect, you're the designer, you're the, yeah. I don't know what else is in there. Designer, I architect, Whatever. developer, everything. you're everything. You are the app. It's John on an app, right? Yeah. So it makes sense for, you don't need the abstractions until you do, right? Yeah. So you still don't need to go crazy. But even from a cross-platform perspective, we used to do this cool thing and you get called the, the bait and switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? You remember that? Yeah. And it yeah. basically you had this implementation, you tricked the compiler and the compiler would say, yeah, yeah. Give me the iOS. Oh, there's no iOS. I okay, could get the net standard. Right. Right. Oh, there, there is an iOS. Okay. I'm going to take that one. And then you did the same for Android. And then you kind of had this static thing that would go, just give me it. Right. Give me the, I'm going to load up whatever DLL I'm in. Right. And yeah. it worked great, but you had to kind of do some trickery. It was yeah. a trickery. Yeah. Um, It worked really well. Um, Linker started getting at it because it didn't understand that you were kind of tricking the.
0: Yeah. It's like, this is the same assembly,
1: right? Right. Sure. But then when you enter DI, it's, it's, you've got that interface and your implementation has to match it. So you know what you're getting and you can do that from a cross platform perspective as well. Right. So DI can help you out. You don't have to do this trickery of um, bait and switch. It's just, Here's my Apple implementation. Here's my Android implementation. Here's my Windows implementation. And then you could use all your compiler tricks to, you know, if Windows, if iOS, et cetera. Yeah, It exactly. just works. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then you're taking that interface and you're applying it places. So it, it's kind of hitting that, killing that two birds with one stone, right? So you get the easy plugability, not going overboard of your data service, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And you're still getting the cross cross-platform stuff right which essentials obviously does right you've got connectivity which is yep is that D- you guys di that right or do uh, you cheat, do you cheat yeah, kind I of mm,
0: yeah, i forget offhand what well, part of the problem was kind of maintaining compatibility right? right so there is like a singleton instance but we did we did actually you know move things so that there are interfaces and you can you know di inject. them i think we do inject them maybe as well i i forget
1: I don't, it doesn't matter anyways because the interfaces are still there so i still exactly. know at the end you of the can day you
0: still do it that way if you want
1: i can put it to my view model that doesn't care necessarily what platform it's running on probably doesn't need to mm-hmm. right and it could just say give me a connectivity give me an event that tells me when that's changing right so i yeah. can say user you're offline you know too bad or whatever right and i don't need to worry about how that works either because i don't i forget to, you know one day iOS has the NW Link Path. That's how it tests connectivity. I don't even think you guys use that oh, yet.
0: Yeah, we, we don't use the do API yet. I don't think. And
1: it used to be like a like a a ping. It basically, would issue a ping. Yeah, and everybody used that for years, right? That's the point. Like, I don't even remember anymore what the heck I'm using. Does it matter? Well, if I need to upgrade it, it does. I sure as heck don't want to go change the implementation in ten different places. Yeah, I just want to know that that essential is doing the modern, reasonably modern, or at least working way of doing it, so that I can use that within my app, right?
0: Yeah, I I will say the the only thing that you know I did find, uh, and it's not a, a problem necessarily, but it's more of like you know a learning is once you kind of go down the path of I'm going to start injecting stuff, especially if you're, you're using, um, constructor injection, right. Yeah. Uh, which is the, the kind of default that we throw in. Like I know there's other DI libraries and and frameworks you can, you can plug in and use that maybe support like property injection and stuff. Um, but I chose just the, the path of least resistance is like, you have to buy in completely at that point, right? Because if you try and start yep. to be like, oh, I'll, I'll I'll use it here and here, but um, maybe I, I don't need to use it here. It's like, well, but then you got to figure out how to get that stuff in there. And so these like the observation was really just go with the flow at that point, and And then you're you're on the happy path. But, you know, you, you try can and still kind of,
1: use the statics.
0: You can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, even from my own stuff, it was kind of like, oh, I've got you know, uh, uh, I use, I implemented my own window instead of using like the, the setting, the main page for reasons. Yeah. And like, so all the way down, right. It's all like layered. It's like, okay, if I do that, that window is going to create, you know, the, the main page instance. So how is it going to do that? Am I going to, you know, either get that from DI or I could new it up. But if I do that, I still need to pass the right stuff to that constructor. And at that point, my window has to have the, the services injected into it that it can pass along. And like it just, it kind of it is can a live. domino,
1: right? Yeah. I, a lot of view models too, what I tend to see is that people inject like a massive amount of services, right? That, yeah, and there's a good possibility. There's a good possibility that you are going to use all those services, right? Like the things that I usually think about that I need on every page is mm-hmm. navigation. I need a page dialogue so I can say, sorry, we screwed up. Here's a toast. Something that I don't even care what it looks like, right? Yeah, I probably want to me- measure connectivity because that's important. Users want to know either why they're not getting the latest data mm-hmm. or that they are offline because sometimes you just don't know, right? Maybe you can't reach the server, your server's down. So it's saying, Look, we, we're you're disconnected. This is when the data is from, but I can see it. Um, you need your data service, whatever that looks like. Um, I don't know, there's so many other things, camera. Yeah, uh, like All those things. What I generally so people get annoyed because they're like, my God, I have all these 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 things I got to put in, and for unit testing that can be hard as well. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is that people do this big thing. They do that. They do the the ten thousand injections. What I tell people is, if you know that those services are core to every, pretty much every page, and they will be, mm-hmm. put it in like a like a like a base set of service right a
0: top level service kind of right? right
1: so it's got a bit of an allocation there it's got another yep. allocation but it's going to have all those services so I'm injecting one thing and if then you're, maybe if you're doing- something
0: that anyway like maybe there's cases where oh I don't I don't you know maybe I only use two-thirds of them on this page but on all my other pages I use them all right like right
1: I mean I use localization everywhere too mm-hmm. I, I wish I didn't have to but localization is it's part of an app Yep. Right. My data service, part of an app connectivity is part of my app. I need all of those all the time. And so I have a core service that I inject everywhere. It's not interfaced. It doesn't need to be, it's just a a placeholder for everything.
0: Yeah. So like that, that thing is the thing that has like a million, you know, things in the constructor to be injected. Right.
1: And then that way, if I need something custom that now becomes a core service, right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I haven't ever had to expand on it in most of my apps. But at least then I'm doing it in one place. And now all of my pages can benefit from that. You know, a logger, that's another one. Uh, Yeah. You know, everything benefits from it. And I just need to start using it.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say that that way when you're actually like you decide, okay, uh, I want to add this thing and I want to use it a bunch of places, like you're not going into every class and like adding another constructor parameter, right? it's just in the one All your
1: unit tests start going wonky because now you have to go into all your unit tests and add that constructor, right? It's just there. Right, and it's easy to mock it, right? Because you know exactly what you need to mock. Yeah. For all of that, you do it in one place. You give it to everything, and then you can you can play with it, and your unit testing becomes a little bit easier. Still big, yeah. But your as your app becomes more complex, that's what's going to happen anyways, right? So that's that's kind of some of the, the the great things about this. So when we talk about the anatomy in the app, mm-hmm. you know, again, we have all those core services. We have all that cross platform. You know, we need MVVM or MVU or whatever that looks like to glue our UI together. Mm-hmm. We need a way to monitor or to work with cross-platform services. We need a good navigation service. Like I said, mm-hmm. Prisms out there. Shell gets you a lot of the way, not quite all the way. It doesn't right. plug your view models automatically, but it, it's pretty darn close. And, and you like you said, to-
0: like you can write a pretty simple wrapper around that. You know, if that's it. what you want to use, right?
1: Yep. And, it, and it'll do all that pretty UI navigation or U, URI navigation. Um, you can have your connectivity to decide, you know, am I going online for my data? Am I getting it from cache? Am I getting it from a database? Mm-hmm. Right. It, that's the anatomy of an app to me, right? It's, right? it's the ability to do all of this. Yeah. It's, and then you're it's able- It's kind
0: of the underlying, like everything almost kind of, but the display of the,
1: the UI, right? But now part does of it that. too. It is part of it and Maui does it, Right. right. So- that's that's at the top of that's, a, that's the, the the top bun, right? That's your sesame seeds in your bun, mm-hmm. and then everything else is, is is putting it together. What would put together the hamburger, the cheeseburger? What the
0: cheeseburger. what would you call um, the lettuce?
1: The lettuce, that's like a, it's it's kind of essential,
0: but it's like you wouldn't want this. it on on its own necessarily,
1: you know? We said the cheese is the view model. Yeah, the services are. Uh, you know what maybe that the, the the
0: the lettuce is the burger to be this or the, the the service is the well, burger maybe is the
1: view, view model the yeah. services are your cheese you yeah. no because they glue everything together we're putting too much thought in this so what would be the lettuce <laughs> it's essential connectivity that's a good one okay. right yeah people take people take that for granted and they don't really look at it i i always see it in apps they just blindly call off to the server yeah right probably nude up an http client which is also bad um and just kind of fire from the hip, and then they're like, "Well, how do we know it errors? Well, oh, we'll just crashes. add a try catch. Yeah, <laughs> what, what <laughs> a try went catch.
0: On the app crashed. You know, you'll, you'll we'll put a it try out catch
1: in, and then we'll call App Center. Oh, App Center's now deprecating, right? Which it probably is at some point in the future, right? So now you got to go and change all those, right? Yeah. Um, so like, but again, connectivity. What's, what's
0: your crash reporter now? Right,
1: like exactly. So you have i logging or whatever. The 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 ultimate thing here is that connectivity. I think is the lettuce because you know you have to have lettuce on a burger. I yeah, mean, it's just kind of weird. You without, need that crunch. Yeah, yeah. It's not. So
0: it, it, I think that's good because it's your burger is still mostly there without it, but it's not quite right.
1: It so it's be, maybe more specific as your cross platform services because you really do need that help of the the platform without kind of jumping too far out. Mm-hmm. Right. Just tell me when you're connected and tell me when you disconnect. And then also give me a flag that I can check right away to say, are you connected? Right? And then I can decide, do I want to display something to the user? Do I want to load it from cache? Do I- How do I want to do that? But that's often, I would say that, that people forget about the lettuce, like it just becomes assumed. But that's like the things you're always using is those cross-platform, especially in a Maui app, whether you know they're there or not, they are. And there's a whole whack of stuff happening behind that interface. Yeah right? That you just don't realize there's so much driving it like cameras, right? You've done, you've yeah. done a lot with the camera.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I say, go get me a, a, a barcode from zebra crossing. Go,
0: go scan a barcode. Oh, well, it's that's like easy.
1: one, it's like one method with a couple flags and, and arguments. And you're like, that's great. That's easy, John. Come on, man. I, what know, are you doing over though, there? I, Why can't you have my feature?
0: That's not what we do in Maui now, unfortunately, though. I I got away from that because there's too many people that were like, yeah, but I want to make like customize the UI. I don't want to do this and that. It's like you could have, but now it's a view. Now it's a view you have to use in your Maui app.
1: But but that's still awesome. And that's the evolution anyways, right? Is because there's so much that goes on and then there's so much customization. I mean, I did something called user dialogues, which I spit on now. I don't use it. But that was kind of the starting point for me is I just need a dialogue to come up cross platform. I don't care how it. Does it just give me an alert? Right. Right. So, you well, know, that's the you, evolution.
0: What do you do now for things like, um, like, I know one of the things in, in my app, what uh, I do a lot of, of networking calls just to save data off and, and get data. Um, and I have kind of like a, a, a pop-up, you know, HUD, I think I still actually use my HUD view thing that now, um,
1: which I stole barren. for dialogues as well.
0: Yeah. he He's been <laughs> kind of keeping the lights on there. Um, so I'm, I'm using that, but like, is that, what, what do you do for that? Kind of like, it occurs to me that part of an app sometimes might be like a, a more foundational part of that, where you have a kind of a, a constant state that, that you want to display off and on like loading something.
1: Right. So, I mean, we didn't really talk about controls, but they're a great one, like collection view. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is going back to the page flow is your designer is usually going to want something wild, Right. Yes. So that's why I kind of got away from user dialogs because they, you know, they're skeleton layouts now, which is like the yeah yeah it's like it looks like a list view and it's like it's trying to read something. It's kind yeah. of cool how they work. Yeah, I, I don't know how it, to describe it.
0: I ideally like it. It almost looks like the. I mean, it looks like the skeleton, like of what the data should look like, right? If there's like a yeah. you know a title label and two detail text labels and an image beside it, like that would all show up as like gray rectangles i'm sure people will understand you know oh yeah i've seen that in an app
1: right? i equate it to like the the old 8-bit nintendo newspaper right it looks like eight yeah. bit nintendo news you're going to get some data there and then it's going to turn into something beautiful when it's all loaded yeah and, and but
0: here's what it might you know the data is gonna kind of look like just to to
1: kind of yeah this is how it's how it should lay out mm-hmm. there should be a picture there there should be some text here right and it it but a lot of designers go that route so I can't you can't really just do a loading as easily anymore yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people do the is busy which sometimes that isn't enough because you might want you might want something like a like a percentage how much is loaded how much is coming in et cetera yeah. I don't know there's so many things I've seen yeah, so there's um, not like
0: one way to do it but is that something that you still i guess yeah you you wouldn't always be able to like inject that as a service. Cause if it is a skeleton view or whatever, you have to, you have to do it but that one way.
1: And that's where MVVM works well, right? I can, I can probably say my state is loading or mm-hmm. is busy as true, which usually isn't enough anymore, but I can say it's, you know, it's, it's doing something. And then when it's done doing it, I can say it's done doing it. And then that turns into the pretty list. Yeah. Right? And then you might want it to fade into a pretty list, right? There's so many. So that's why that's, I can't do general purpose as well. Now no. alert. Or toast—that's a bit different. Alert and yeah. toast looks the They're same kind of, way all yeah, the time. It's kind of Confirm. a standard enough thing.
0: But the, the, this this part of the conversation makes me me kind of think of another small subtopic, which is well, it's probably not small. You know, <laughs> as you're you're building you know these apps, and especially when you get into the space of something like like the controls, the UI part of it. What like how do you navigate? the problem space of, okay, the, the designer has this envisioned for how the app is supposed to flow and lay out. But like, I, I often see people trying to build, you know, things in a Maui app that they're like, okay, no, I want it to work this exact way. And, it, and they're having trouble making that happen. And, and it occurs to somebody maybe front with an outside perspective to say, well, that's like, if it's not working that way, like maybe, approach that problem differently? Like instead of trying to, uh, you know, use a certain control a certain way, like what if you did it differently? You know, how, yeah. how often do you encounter that? Like what, what's the, how do you navigate that in an app? Like it, my, my thought is that people are maybe not willing enough to kind of think outside of
1: the you know, tunnel vision they have towards doing something a certain way. Well, and, that, and that's really the, the cool part about this, right? So if we, if we talk about, so I had user dialogues, right? And we talked mm-hmm. about how do you customize those or the people want to customize. The, f- the fact is, is you can't really, right? So user dialogues kind of died because it just, it was the boring looking stuff. So when we look about, well, how does that change? How do we evolve that? Do it in Maui, exactly how you did your pop up. We were talking about how mm-hmm. you did that article uh, once upon a time for a toast, right? But it didn't happen with the service, it happened with MAUI. So the view model is still able to facilitate that forward instead of trying to figure out how to do it from the back, right? And I guess the point there is is thinking outside of the box is not everything has to be a service. Not everything has to be in the view model. Not everything has to be in the UI. You have to really pick, you know, is this a one-off? Can we reuse this? And there's many ways to reuse it from all parts of that layer, all parts of the burger, right? Yeah. You can do it you can do it up front, you can do it in the back, you can do it in the middle. Pick your poison, but you don't don't get set that things have to be done that way. Don't get set that everything has to be extract, extracted abstracted beautifully. Yeah. Right? Just pick what works, find some clever ways to make it reusable, but that's also not the end goal. Sometimes you you know you may do 98% of the work making that thing reusable and you only needed it 2% of the time. Yeah. So sometimes just solve your problem. And then if you see that pattern repeating, then figure out how, hey, how can I reuse this? Maybe it's a data template. Sometimes it's that easy, right? Yeah. Data template in Maui, sometimes it is. Okay, well, listen, we need we need this to be a service because the alerts work the same way. Don't, don't get stuck on an architecture. It has to be that way solve the problem, then, f- then see the patterns and how to abstract. Yeah.
0: And, and I think, you know, to, to can expand on that a little bit too. Like, I think that as you're building out UI for things, and and I know I've seen it a, a, enough where you know, maybe a Maui control has a bug, I know shocker, yep. right. Um, and and something as simple as you know, I, I've seen someone try to use a collection view, for instance. I know I've I've been really working with collect or with you know lists of things, right? As we talked about in in that other episode with my my virtual uh, list view. And somebody I think asked, okay, well, how would I do? How would I use this if I wanted to, you know, constrain like or you know, figure out what the height of it is and and make the thing only the size of the content that you know is in the list. Um, yep. And then it's like, yeah, that's actually a really hard problem to solve on some platforms. And you know, for instance, on iOS, as soon as you try to do that with their UI collection view, they're like, yeah, well, we'll tell you how big of the content is after we measure every item in your list to no, know. Right. So I might have <laughs> a list of like 5,000 items that's, you know, no longer virtualized because I said, Hey, how much, how big is that list? Cause if it's not bigger than the space I have, I don't want it to, it to take up the whole space. Right. But I have 5,000 items in it. So it's way bigger than that. Um, but we'll tell you what it is after we figure it out. So there, there's things like that, too, where it's like, OK, if like something's not working perfectly for you in the in the, the way that you want to do it, like, why are you maybe you shouldn't be using that control for that situation? Maybe you should be thinking about, like, why do I need it to to collapse down You know, when there's only two items? Um, but I also need it to display 5,000 items like you know, to kind of go at these problems from a little bit different of a perspective and, and have some, you know, uh, I guess, creative openness to approaching like, oh, maybe I could do
1: it this way instead, right? Well, well Maui is really the ultimate abstraction, right? Yeah, it really truly is. It, it, DI aside, it's a collection view, it's going to dig into the platform one way or the other, right? And you're trying to accomplish a lot of things for a lot of people, And sometimes that one size fits all doesn't really fit all. Yeah. So for instance, I had, and and this is a good segue, is I had a collection view recently where each item was dynamically sizing. And it was funny because the the performance issue wasn't really showing up on any of the standard. It wasn't showing up on Android, which it usually always does. (laughs) Yeah. Wasn't showing up on iOS in the regular form factor. So the non-tablet phones so the non-pro Max. Mm-hmm. Like this thing that can actually fit in your hand and doesn't like consume yeah, your face. You don't need like
0: two hands to type on it.
1: And so we saw it, and I'm like, John, this is mm-hmm. weird, man. It I see it only on the Pro Max. It's like it's just measuring something weird. Yeah. And John was like, Have you tried it my, is my <laughs> list view? It <laughs> is weird. And it's actually it's it's a good, it's a good test case for the Maui team. But again, mm-hmm. the collection view is trying to solve like all possible problems. And I just I'm like, dude, we need to just I just need a list view with yeah. dynamic sizing. So John's got kind of the the smaller abstraction. He's only trying to solve with, with your virtual list view, a very specific subset of problems without trying to, to be right. Like go outside of that box too much, right?
0: Yeah. Like
1: and we bound data up to it and it just works. It's fast. It zips through everything. It's solved the customer problem just like that with a with a very with, with a very simple change because your horizontal list view pretty much matches the way the collection view does most things, but it doesn't try and do your grids or your responsive layouts. It doesn't try and do, it does grouping. You yeah. got a little wild, but yeah. it, it, uh, well, it's, I, it's a I, list view. It's you know, a list the, view.
0: In the spirit of, of uh, all of the things I think we've talked about lately,
1: it's like I built it for the thing that I needed it to do, right? So, And it just works. It's not trying to solve all the problems, so it's nice and fast. And it's again, it's an abstraction that does exactly what we need to do. So I got out of the box. I'm like collection views having trouble with this one particular case. You know, I can Ooh. choose to fix it, but here's this other component that does a smaller subset of cases that is working. Right. I, I it's have, just a pop in, pop out.
0: I have another, you know, good example of that too. Um, you know, there was I, I forget some customer I think we were working with. Was trying to do something very specific with like the image button and how the image was laid out compared to the content, and you know had just a bunch of kind of more edge case things. And and kind of to your point, right? Like image button, yeah, it's a control, Um, but it, it's one that's a really hard thing to do across platform because buttons hosting varied content, you know, native controls of buttons doing that is just weird. There's there's very different weird rules on each platform and how things work into Try and make them consistent is hard. And so in in this case, you know, we kind of said, okay, well, let's sit down and think about this problem for a minute. There's, this isn't working and there's no clear like change within the Maui handlers. That's going to make it do what you want to do. How else can, can we help, you know, help you help yourself to approach this essentially. And this is so easy to solve too. (laughs) Yeah. And so we ended up, you know, doing the thing of like, okay, well let's make a, a custom control and let's, uh, you know, use a, a border in that custom control. We'll add a tap gesture recognizer. We'll add a grid a, into that and you can, you know, add your image and your your text and whatever other content you were trying to do. We can give you the rounded corners. We can do all the, the stuff. Uh, we can use the visual state manager to change the colors as you, you know, tap it and press down and, and whatever, right? And at the end of it, uh, we also, you, we could make it so that it's like a, a templated thing so that you could say, Here's my my button. it's you know this kind of composite control, uh, but at the end of it, I can reuse it in my code and I can say, "Oh, you know the image is gonna be this value, and the 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 other content is gonna be this and like you know at the end of it, it was like yeah this this works fine this this looks how we want it to. We could add the accessibility stuff with some of those api's that we have around semantic properties, and like that it wasn't hard to do it was like. Dozens of lines of code at most, and at the end of the day, it was you know another. I think another good example of okay, well, let's let's think about the problem from a different perspective before we decide that like this in the box thing that's kind of purpose built doesn't work for us when we try and like really
1: push it outside the lines of what was intended for it. Exactly, and and but people still try and jam it in the box. You need update button. It has to include this. Does it? And and you know, arguably, if if most, you know, if, if half
0: of our, the, the Maui developer, people using Maui developing with Maui said, yeah, we all want it to do this. Then sure it should, I think, but you know, it's, it's kind of uh, identifying like, Hey, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit more edge case than most people
1: using this thing. And so, yeah, let's, let's think about it a little bit harder, but I think, but think about how simple the solution is that, that you guys applied. Yeah. Right? It, it, w- what is a button at the end of the day? If if that's the box you kind of get yourself out of, and you go, "What the heck is a button at the end of the day?" It's a thing that responds to a tap event, whether it mm-hmm. changes color, changes text, whatever. Has some,
0: you know, accessibility triggers you you know, a command in, in, uh, integrations that that do the things you need to do. Right there, there is yeah. more to think about it in those cases, but it's for sure. I think it, the point is it's not a, a, by any means an insurmountable
1: problem. And, but at that point, I can also decide how that looks like for my business. Yeah. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they choose not to solve certain problems or maybe, you know, it doesn't have to respond to that tap per se, or maybe it doesn't have to have an image. Like there's so mm-hmm. many, you can invest as much as you want into that custom control because it's your custom control.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, th- there's another great one I like to talk about when we talk about servicing and DI. So you're talking about a great point from the upfront. Mm-hmm. The one I like, the one I see so often in the back end is people trying to make reusable data syncs. Uh, Do you, you don't see many of those anymore, or at least not many that go very successful. Yeah. So Azure mobile services is out there. Guess what? That doesn't work for very big databases. Mm-hmm. They try, but what about conflicts? How does your business resolve conflicts? There's so many things. I'm going to say this. It's going to be spicy. <laughs> Stop trying to solve, make data sync across all apps, reusable across yeah. all apps, because guess what? It's just never gonna fly, right?
0: Yeah, every, every, everybody's like, data models and, and database structure and everything are, are going to be unique enough that at some point, you know, to try and have some reusable thing, you're gonna have to like decide on, like you said, conflict resolution, like that, we you can't decide that for you necessarily that easily. And
1: that might be on a model level, it might be on right, a, right? You don't need to solve everything to be reusable like this button. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a border. It's got accessibility, but maybe I don't want shadows on it, or maybe I don't want to invest the time in that right now. Maybe I just say the shadow is hard coded to this because that's our standard, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not going to make it some bindable property. I'm going to code it for what my app needs. Yeah. Not everything needs to be abstract or plugged in. Just do the work. Oh, I think that but, is
0: a, a maybe a good note to end on, even uh, for the the idea of architecting your app, right? I, like
1: that sentiment. Solve the problem. Find yeah. the patterns. Do code smart. I, I still I still use my DI and my patterns. I'll use a default button until I figure out that I need more, and then I'll start to go out of the box. But there's, yeah. don't think that everything has to be solved with Maui or with DI or with MVVM there's so many paths you can take solve the business problem first mhm just have a general thought pattern of where you want to go so but i, th- do I the think work.
0: the the nice pick this week for our plugin package or product has got to go to uh, prism because it you know and talking about your app architecture yeah, it has some opinions of how to how to do that. And I think it's one of the you know better examples in the community if you're looking for something that helps you uh implement some of these patterns and you know is 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 reusable in the right places. Um Prism's a pretty good go-to. I don't know if you want to say any more about that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, Dan and Brian, they're great people. I love them to death. They they've built this thing over years. Um, you know, they're really I don't want to call Dan the burger flipper or Brian the burger flipper. They'd probably kill me, <laughs> but they're the guys that put all the burger together, right? So they've got your nav service. They've got your view model life cycle. They've got crepes, a whole bunch of other things in there, right? Prism does all of it mm-hmm. and it's really good at putting all of the layers together for you. Um, page dialogues, that's also in there, right? Oh, yeah. And it just does a great job of that, Um So go out there, support them. They're a great open source project. Um, They have free licensing if you're under a certain amount. I don't know that dollar amount off the top of my head, but Mm -hmm. it's a great thing to learn. And if maybe they don't solve the problem or they're too expensive, they're still shell. You can still abstract it. It's easy. But Prism is a beautiful, beautiful open source package. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, I think that'll do it this week. Um, as always, please, you know, subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, the, the thing that gets us the most, I think, attention and more viewership so we can keep doing this. Um, and, you know, if you have a topic, if you have a, a suggestion for a show idea, if you have a plug in package or product you think that would be good to highlight, drop us a line on our website. You can contact us there in a number of ways uh, or email if you still use email you know you can do show at gonmobile.io as well that actually goes to us believe it or not thanks everyone for listening alan we'll see you next time have a, always a pleasure john have a nice architecture filled day it's always that